everybody. Welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. Here with Adam and Benny. Hello, boys. How are we doing? Adam, Benny and Freya. Freya's here too. Oh, sorry. Hi, Freya. <laughs> yeah, you have to include Freya. I've, I've got my dog. Does that count? Say, <laughs> say hello, dog. No, he's just looking at me weirdly. I have to, I'm have to. i going to start off this week with a, a question for you two boys. As my good lady, her eyesight has deteriorated rapidly over the past couple of weeks to the point where we've been doing tests on her eyesight and it is completely gone. So she does now need glasses. She's gone and picks them up from the opticians and they're getting delivered in a couple of weeks. And it came to a head when we went to a restaurant the other week after lockdown ended and there was six of us. We were reading the specials board and Sarah said, um, can, can I just check? Can you guys actually read that or are you making it up? <laughs> we said, no, we can read it. And she said, oh, okay, I can't see that. And then a few days after, she said, I definitely need glasses. And I said, why? And she said, because I can't tell at nighttime if the cars are going away from me or coming towards me. And I said, oh, well, that's not good. So maybe we'll get some glasses. And I was wondering, because I don't know this, because you obviously you both do wear glasses. What age were you when you got them? When did you realise you were needing glasses? Myself, I was about 18. Uh, and it wasn't a very strong prescription that I needed. And it isn't a strong prescription now. But I've got astigmatism. So I need to be able to just see in the distance. To read things that are further away, like road signs and license plates and stuff like that. I can drive okay without them. I won't necessarily know where I'm going. Because I can't read the road signs until I'm like right on them. So it's probably not safe for me to wear them. How about you, Benny? We live in a world of sat-nav now. There's no need for roadsides. Roadsides yeah, are just... a, thing of, a thing of the past. We don't need them anymore. Yeah, I mean, not not to like dish dish your wife or anything, Dan, but it, like I could drive at night with them and know whether the cars are going away from me or coming towards me, mainly because the colour of the light. I was... Unless they were reversing. I was thinking... <laughs> I don't know what, what she means by yeah, no, that. I was, I was thinking that, and I can't remember what she said now, but she said something, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of that kind of makes sense. I can't remember what she said, but I thought the same oh, thing. Right, I okay. said, well, it's red or white. There's a big. That's why they're like that. There's a big mm. difference, but... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Benny. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I, was a, I was saying, actually, I was 18 when I discovered I needed glasses, but I, I'm similar to Adam. My prescription's not very strong. To the point where I don't actually legally have to wear them to drive, but I do because you know it makes things clearer, especially at night time. But I got tested initially because at that point I was working in a call centre looking at a screen all day, and I thought, oh god, this is messing with my eyes, messing with my, you know, giving me headaches and stuff. I thought, oh, I better get my eyes tested just to make sure, make me make me better at it. And it turned out like I need them for for driving. But um, yeah, Blossom always takes a piss out of me for my eyesight. I remember we went to. Um, uh, a town just around the court, just down the road from here called Beckles, and there's a company. It's got like QD. I don't know if you have QD up north. No, what's that? Oh, uh, QD is quality discount. So it's like a little discount store. Like they do everything, bit of everything. Oh, okay, yeah, like I clothes, yeah. Um, home stuff, that sort of thing. But the one, there's one in um, Beckles, which is called um, Roy's of Roxham. Their logo is um, it's red white and red writing on a white background, and literally it was pretty much dead in front of me and I could not read it to say at all and she always brings that up and, and as an example of how blind I am so yeah I also used to wear glasses because I thought they made me look more professional 
And um, now we're in a time of COVID and wearing masks. I've discovered that mas- uh, glasses are a hindrance rather than a help. So I haven't worn my glasses since I started back at the car dealership. Yeah, because they fog up, don't they? Exactly, yeah. I said it's just a hindrance. I don't want to keep taking them up. And ever since I... Because I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast before, but myself and Adam used to be glasses twins. We had the exact same pair we of did. glasses. Yeah, you were. We which, did. Uh, like, while, completely while it was, um, unplanned. Yeah, yeah. we went That's to um, the, the curry house, didn't we? And we, uh, I sat down next to Adam, and then I looked at him, and I saw, hold on, your glasses have go faster tropes like mine do. But yeah, I was at... Um, I was at when it was uh, was it back in February where it was really snowy like all over the country, and I was working in the working at Tesco still. At some point, they fell off my head and broke and broke to the point where they weren't usable anymore. I don't know if someone ran them over or something like that, but yeah. Since since then, I bought a pair of glasses that don't have like the little nose clampy bits, and those combined combined with mask. Do not work at all because they're constantly falling off my face. Do wear glasses. I'm supposed to wear glasses, but don't anymore. Probably for my detriment. And we are recording later this week, ladies and gents, as this may be the first instance of Benny understanding that your kids don't give a fuck about your schedule or your timetable. (laughs) They will do whatever they want when they want and you have to adjust to that. As we got a message, as we messaged Benny saying, oh, we're recording tonight and Benny said, no, I need to go to bed because Frey woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. So welcome, Benny, to the uh, the next stage of parenthood, which is understanding that nothing you do, nothing you do matters and your child does not care what you think. In Frey's defence, in defence of the baby, uh, first of all, it was half three, but... It, it's more down to me and that like after I fed her and did everything I couldn't get back to sleep so I'm not going to place the blame 100% on the baby it's partly on me as well but yeah I needed an early night that night and felt much better for it the day after it's only the beginning mate don't worry about that this is just the good news about this being <laughs> it on... will only get worse yeah the good news about this being on the show is that we can refer back to it at some point for historical records and say, oh, do you remember that was the uh, <laughs> that was the first time you realised about six weeks into it that Frey doesn't care about your timetable or your schedule. <laughs> no, no. Frey don't give a shit. She's like honey badger. She don't give a fuck. Oh, honey badgers are the best. Oh, speaking of Freya, I've got I've got a little baby update for you if you like oh, one. Mini update, please. Oh yeah, 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 please. So Freya had a six week checkup, darling. Yeah, a six week checkup today. Uh, not today. Um, yesterday. Where she, it's probably a blessing in disguise that we put the uh, put the podcast back a couple of days because that means I had some content. So yeah, she had a six week checkup uh, yesterday where they weighed her. She is now weighing a hefty nine pound six. What a little beast! Well done, Freya. She's nearly the weight I was when I was, I was going to say. That's exactly what I said. To, that's yeah. exactly what I said to Blossom. Yeah. I was nine pounds something when I was born, <laughs> and then I just felt really bad for my mum because Freya is huge. Don't forget as well, Benny, that it's never too late to start them on an exercise routine or something. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, it's, it's never too it's never too late. You know, she can she can turn these things around if she needs. To. I'm sure there's plenty of good exercise routines out there. Maybe Joe Wicks can help or something. A little some little baby weights or something. You could get some little strappy weights around her ankles or something. So when she's kicking, she's working those quads. Yeah, it's never it's never too late. Thinking, yeah. You can always make a start. How old do you have to be to start a uh, keto diet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freya can't eat that. She's off carbs at the moment. What are you talking about? 
Yeah, no more carbs for yeah. you, Freya. Yeah, no, no more milk. I'm afraid it's too much. Sugar, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can get all your you can get all your calcium from broccoli. You know, start eating lots of that instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just blend it up. She'll be fine. Yeah. How was your? I mean, that's going to happen Adam? when she's old enough to eat solid thing. Bland and uninteresting, really. Oh. It's just a bit of a quiet run the mill or run of the mill weekend. Heavenly. Yeah, yeah. We haven't done anything in uh, particular. Unlike Benny with his baby keeping him awake, my dog has been keeping me awake because he's figured out that if he barks continually through the night, I'll open my bedroom door and eventually just let him in (laughs) to the bedroom. So I've been having like one o'clock, two o'clock nights, uh, wake-ups throughout the night. And unfortunately, I can't just get rid of him either <laughs> so i'm feeling very tired at the moment uh it, it's nice in a way because it's like being a dad all over again but i can't reason with this one i can't expect him to grow out of it it's uh, like the unfortunate the... side effects of working from home i think i feel like the um the term is you've made a rod for your own back there because now he's going to constantly expect it well, this is it. I mean, I only really have opened the door just to say, shut the fuck up, please. Oh my god, it's two o'clock. Why are you like this? And then eventually, and then just like collapsed on the bed and had like not remembered to shut the door properly. Because you have to really close my bedroom door until it clicks in place. Otherwise, he just pushes his way through it. So yeah, he's been an absolute little shit. But the kids have been amazing. The kids have been really good. I won't see my old kids this weekend because my lad is going off to residential. Oh, good. Uh, he oh, he's is doing going it. on his visit. Good lad. He is doing nice. it. And good, good. he's actually looking forward to it. Uh, his mum went to uh, go outdoors and bought him some walking sticks. And that's what really hyped him up, is having two little sticks so he can do walking better nice. on the hills. So nice. <laughs> I think that's all it took for him to be convinced was some sticks. So there you go. Parents, if you're having similar problem, get your child stick or sticks <laughs> dependent, <laughs> and that should cheer them right up. Again, much like Daniel's a dog. going to grow up to be a professional rambler. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that would be really cool if he did. It'd be really cool. You know, let's get ready to outside. ramble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going up and down the dales, singing "Foldery, Foldera," just regardless <laughs> of who else is around him. Yeah, exactly. That's the life. <laughs> a great comfort. So he doesn't expect me to like contribute to his stick habit. That's fine. <laughs> He's going to be down back alley. Some guys going to open his jacket. I got half a stick here, mate. If you want it, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. Have you not got a full one? <laughs> no, mate. All the full ones are gone. Sorry. I'll suck your dick for a stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this got dark quickly, but. Yeah, <laughs> a great sorry, Daniel. A great company to uh, to purchase sticks from, Adam. If I do say so myself, go outdoors. What a yes, great yeah. company they are. I love them so much. It is, it is, <laughs> it is uh, a a good company. As in, they're the only one around me that are actually still open. Yes. because they, my my understanding is they didn't really care about lockdown and just forced themselves to be open, <laughs> forced all the workers to go in in the midst of a pandemic. So they're a really good company. <laughs> As far as I know, and I can't confirm or deny why I know this, but they do sell bicycles. Therefore, they are classed as a well-being, oh, there you go. a well-being store for mental health, ah, and that's why they're allowed okay. to stay open. I hope they only sold bicycles. Then, if that was the only reason they're <laughs> open, that should be the only thing they're selling. Of course, 
and sticks. Oh, there we Bicycles go. and sticks, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and sticks. Because yeah. as your lad has proven, sticks oh, are the... a mental health aid. Yeah, but they are the worst combination. You know, if you get a stick and put it in the spokes of a bike... We've all seen Indiana that's Jones. That's it, it's game over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that actually happened to some childhood bullies of mine. What? <laughs> on, on that note, some uh, kids who lived like... like Obviously, like you, it was northern or northwestern uh, working class area. So the most thing you did as a kid was go play in the back seas, yep. the back alleys with the other neighborhood kids, like feral street rats. <laughs> and there were kids, the kids that shared my back seas who were just horrible, a brother and sister. And they were just real twats to me, and I hated them as well. And my cousins, who lived nearby, knew of this. And so one day, as they were cycling along a nearby road, a cul-de-sac with no traffic around, I must add, uh, where my cousins were playing, again, a male and a female cousin, were playing with big, long water pistols. So the like cheap plastic ones, where it's just a cylinder on top of another cylinder... And you just squeeze it together and the water shoots out. And then you have to refill it. They they saw them biking along, chased after them, and shoved the water pistols in their spokes. Oh my the god. <laughs> you know, just, it was like gang warfare. Like between <laughs> eight-year-olds. It was just like, we know you. You've been fucking with our kin. And it was like running after them, <laughs> chasing after them with their, their, their gats. <laughs> 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 and it's okay as well because obviously oh, like Indiana glorious. Jones those bullies were probably Nazis so that's I'm guessing that's okay true I, I can neither f- confirm or deny <laughs> that the way that they marched in in unison <laughs> up and down the back alley <laughs> or they're the girl in braces from the Blink-182 video that's the that's the reference that comes to my mind oh god yeah what are they oh, yeah because they're, th- they're playing wiffle ball aren't they and he throws the Tom, Tom throws it, yeah. the bat and it gets stuck in her spokes and there's um <laughs> Oh no, the girl in Wayne's World goes over a car bonnet, doesn't she, when they're playing street hockey? Oh That's my right. god, yeah, hi, she's Wayne. going, hi, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> oh. And then Wayne goes, oh, she's okay. Okay, game on. <laughs> oh, such a good oh, film. Oh dearie me. Freddie Mercury wasn't alive when Wayne's World was released, but they True. went to him, Mike Myers went to him personally to actually say, can we use Bohemian Rhapsody in this scene? This is how it will play out. And like showed him how it will play out, how it would be used. And he gave his personal blessing for it and said, that's great. That's going to like awaken awareness of this song again to a new generation. So it's through that personal connection and that personal approval that we have, even now, generations of children banging their heads up and down when yeah. they hear that. Tune, that's amazing when it gets that specific break that's so good and it's such a cultural thing yeah, now, it is. that kids who have never seen wayne's world don't even know what it is just because the people around them have and do that they then learn that behavior and do it at that particular part so that was probably the first time i heard that song was on wayne's world definitely yeah that's interesting though because i think I know I know bands like Metallica always take a lot of shit because they don't like people using their music for stuff or things like that, but mm-hmm. I know the guy on TikTok last year who was skateboarding, drinking Ocean Spray, and he had Fleetwood Mac on in the background, didn't he, over, over the right, thing? Yeah. Yeah. And somebody said to Mick Fleetwood, how do you feel about this guy being successful? He said, it's great. He said, because now younger people are hearing our music. I love it. Why would mm-hmm. I not enjoy yeah. that? 
And I think that all the time. And I think, you know, like kind of Twitch and YouTube and all the kind of copyright stuff that people have to go through in. Oh, you've got a copyright strike because you use five seconds of this song. And I think, who fucking cares? You're getting your music out there to other people who may never hear it. And I think that I think that's, mm. you know, that's something they should think about sometimes. Because Fleetwood Mac could have gone, oh, this is fucking bullshit. I, anything he gets, I want half of it. That's my music. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, no, we're yeah. successful. You know, we, this will make us more successful because young people will hear our music. And that's, that should be, a, that's a good thing. They're, they're, they're too busy doing coke to care, though. Mick, Mick, Mick Fleetwood did that quote as he just lifted his head up from his mound of cocaine like a Scarface <laughs> and just went back down into it after. On the table. Exactly. Allegedly, just in case. <laughs> I'm saying Fleetwood Mac aren't that litigious, but Jesus Christ, let's not get too carried away, shall we? Yeah, that, that's what I, I think there should be, some kind of model in place to allow that type of music to be played through YouTube, through Twitch, things like that. Because obviously there are a lot of copyright trolls out there and there's a lot of DMCA and copyright strikes that happen to people unjustly as well as justly. And I think maybe if some kind of package were put in place where if you're a content creator, you could like pay £50 for the year as an annual fee, and use whatever licensed music you like from the library, like Spotify, in your streams or in your content, that £50, however many millions of people are going to pay towards that, that's probably more than they're going to earn from Spotify plays when that's split between the different artists. And then it does awaken a wider generation to older music and to other music. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree, kind of, with the artist. I don't think you should be able to just rip off other people's work and pass it as your own. I agree with that, obviously, completely. Because if you make something and then somebody just leeches off it, well, hang on a minute. I've put the time and effort into create this. You can't just have a piece of it. I've given myself to this piece of work. But I think, you know, if you're a if you're a streamer and you're desperate to have music in your streams or on your YouTube videos, then yeah, you have to pay for it. I would say more than I mean I know you're just picking a point a price out of the air, but yeah, like it, it it's called it's called Spotify Stream or something like that, and it's like an extra tier, yeah. and maybe it costs you a hundred pounds a year or it doubles your subscription every month or something. That if you feel you have to have copyrighted music, that's fine. But then but then I guess it's like you know Spotify probably won't. I don't know if Spotify'd go for that or not, would they? And and the the like the revenues that artists get from Spotify is kind of shambolic. Really, it's really terrible. Isn't it something like 0.2p a play or something really bad like that? Yeah, exactly. There's bands I there's bands I've heard that I would never hear if it wasn't for a, a stream or a piece of music being used in a in a like a little indie film I've seen. Or, and I'm thinking, oh, who's that by? That's really cool. I guess like the um, oh, who are the guys from Stranger Things who did the music for that? I can't remember their names, but they were guys who just made music for YouTube. Yeah. And the, the Stranger Things people were like, oh, actually, this music's really fucking good. And I think they saw it on a, a stream or something like that. And if they'd never seen that, then those guys wouldn't have gotten that job. But you're right. There should be something out there where it can be used and it still benefits the artists. Survive yeah. is the name of that band. Yeah, that was it. All right. Yeah. Boys, have I got some content for you? Let me tell you. Hashtag content. Let's go. Hashtag <laughs> content. Because my darling girl made a board game. And Ooh, what? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, for those of you listening, I'm sure we've all done this before because I made board games when I was a kid. But they were just basically rip-offs of snakes and ladders or 
a really crap version of Monopoly or something like that. You know, square board, you go around the edges, you get to the end, you win or something like that. And yeah. feel free to First interrupt to any finish line win. Yes. And please feel free, boys, to interrupt at any point with questions, should you have them. My daughter okay. produced a... Uh, it was six pages of A4, all taped together. <laughs> and it was basically a giant map. So on the first square, oh there was a path leading up to a scary cave. And then after the scary cave, there were loads of goblins. This is basically... Basically what she's made is she's basically made a very, very, very mini D&D campaign. And I was saying, it sounds exactly like the the first um, campaign that we ever did, like during lockdown, <laughs> yeah. where your where your character died on the first like fight. I died, I died in the first go. Oh god! <laughs> For the best though, thank God, because my new character is fucking awesome. After that, there are <laughs> vines to a secret uh, to a uh, not a plinth or a level. What do you call it? Like a platform. There are there are vines to a platform. After that, there is a stream you have to cross with crocodiles in it. That then leads you to a forest. After the forest, you go into a library. She's really into reading at the moment, so I'm pretty sure that's where that came from. After the library, there is a giant staircase. After the giant staircase, you wind down another path into a secret house. And then inside the secret house are two giants. And if you can defeat the two giants, you win. She also made... Character okay. cards. Is it the giant's house? There are six characters you oh can God. six characters you can play as. The characters are named as follows: Axel the Wise, oh. Jacob Rain, ah. Dazzling Destroyer, Polywall, Coin Majeure, and Beauty Shizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Each character sheet had a backstory, so how they how they became who they became. Each character oh had a special God. weapon. And a special power. I won't read all of them, but for example, Axel the Wise's special power is he can transform into literally anything. Jacob Rain's special power was that he can conjure a bottle of water out of anywhere in case he gets thirsty. <laughs> Good power. Good powers, but... Is there a thirst mechanic in the game, though, that that can be used against? We'll get to that. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll say that when we played the game... I was Jack of Brain, and I never, ever needed a bottle of water. <laughs> it never came up. <laughs> there were no, for example, there were no desert levels, or levels full of dust, <laughs> or levels where you've eaten too much cheese and your mouth's a bit claggy, so you need something to kind of unclag your gob. No, there, there was none of that. Oh no, the the, the, um, the cream cracker level. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. The, yeah, the Jacob's Crackers level. Not, not... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Jack Jacob uh, Jacob Rain sounds a bit OP to me. I think you were cheating <laughs> picking him. He has literally no weaknesses. That was true. Jacob Rain. Well, his his special weapon was a, was he could shoot uh, water in any direction out of his body at any level. So he could kind of just wear out of the body any, anywhere. I did say that. I did ask okay. her that question just to kind of be a, <laughs> as a silly dad joke. So where does the water come from then? And she rolled her eyes as she does now, which is so I just left it. That's that's absolutely fine. Coin, coin major. So coin major is spelt coin major. So I said, oh, the coin major. Okay. I was expecting it to be like, you know, he's like the major of an army or like an army of coins or I don't know something. Should have no, should no, no. It's it's major. I said, okay. I don't know where she got major from. <laughs> Again, not sure. But his special weapon was, you know those, you know those coin, those two p machines you get at crappy fairs, like uh, arcades, and you put the two p's in. 
and then you can win like 10p because the two p's fall down to you yeah yeah coin majeure's special weapon was he can transform into that he has a button on himself that he pushes and then it fires coins out like bullets (laughs) (laughs) so again really not sure where that came from and uh, one more <laughs> special weapon I'll mention, which is Polywall's special weapon, which is the pink ray, which, when fired, makes people happy all around her. And then they do what she says. Ah. And I said, okay, so that starts off as a really nice, pretty thing and then becomes quite dark. And because it, because Polywall yeah. then basically turns into um, oh, whatever fucking David Tennant's... Uh, Kil- was it Kilgrave from Jessica Jones? It basically becomes that, where <laughs> he just tells them what to do and they have to do it. But that was what that was the purple man. Oh god. Yeah, that was that was Polywall's <laughs> thing. Anyway, so the game started, right? We get to the special cave, and she goes, Okay, so there's a special cave here. I was like, right. There is a dice as well, by the way, that she made. So she made a card she made a paper dice as well. And so we roll the dice and I get a three. So I so I said, What does that mean? She said, Okay, so for a three, that means you can use your special weapon if you want. So I said, Okay then. So I said, do I have to go through the cave or can I go over the cave? She said, no, you have to kind of go over it. So I said, okay. I said, so can I create a waterfall, slow moving, but it kind of goes in reverse and so I can kind of float upwards? She said, yeah, that's fine. I was like, okay, thank God for that. Then she rolls the dice and she says, be aware as well that all these rules are very arbitrary and the dice numbers that she rolls are also arbitrary. So, for example, on I just want to interrupt slightly and just say, um, I can't. Why weren't you this creative when we played D anD D? Because I'm a shit dungeon master. Okay, I'm no good at it. <laughs> I, t- I said that to you. Like our dungeon master Adam was clearly the best choice because he's really fucking good at it and very quick thinking. Yeah, definitely. So I float up the my own waterfall and get on top of the cave, and then I say, "Can you use my waterfall?" She says, "I have to roll the dice to see if I can." So she says, one, two, or three, I can. Four, five, six, I cannot. So she rolls a six. She cannot. So she says, hmm, okay, they're not sure what to do. She says, I know. I'll just turn into a jetpack and fly fly, <laughs> fly on top of the game. <laughs> because her character's special ability, acts all the wise, is that they can transform into literally anything. So she turns into a jetpack and just flies up and lands on top of the cave. We then have to get past the goblins, which we do via uh, water jets from me. We get to the vines. And she says, okay, so uh, one, two, three, or four, you can go ahead and sort of climb up the vines. I roll a four, so I manage to climb up the vines. Every roll then she every roll she then does, she hits the under. So average-wise, she hits below the average. So she was saying sort of, okay, so one, two, three, five, or six, I can follow you. Four, I have to stay here. So then she'd roll a four. <laughs> And have to stay there as I carried on. So I said, am I allowed to carry on? She said, yeah, you have to carry on. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So I carry on. I get on top of the uh, the platform and then end up going over the crocodiles to the scary forest. Every time Georgia not been able to make the role she needs that she's made up in her head to follow me along. I get to the forest and she says, okay, uh, if you roll a one, two, three, four, or five, you have to come back and get, you have to come back and get me. <laughs> so I roll a four. Forgetting all the work I've just done, I then have to go all the way back and get her. Even though at some point she could have just transformed into a giant or anything. Because she can transform into anything and just she could have just come and joined me. This happens again in the forest where I think this time I rolled the wrong number. But to get through the forest we had to roll the same number together. So we just kept rolling the dice till we both got a three to get through it. 
We then got to the library where literally no reading took place or any kind of reading <laughs> of a book of a pretend book or anything. But I can't, I can't remember how we got through the library. We got the giant steps because George's character can basically uh, metamorphosize her legs into giant legs and she can just walk up. <laughs> I can then use my special power, the water power, to make a reverse uh, trickling effect of water and I can just kind of ride that all the way to the top. We then get into the secret house and into the secret room where there is a, where there's two giants. <clears throat> after, So I was thinking after... Bearing in mind as well, this whole game took about six minutes. I'm not even kidding. I thought we were going to be there for hours. <laughs> it, it was the quickest game I've ever played in my life. We get to the secret room and these the the uh, giants in the secret room. Uh, and to defeat them, we just had to keep rolling the dice. There was no kind of battle, no, okay, I'll use my special power to do this, you use special power to do that. It was just constant rolls of the dice. And the kind of, I'll roll, if I roll a one, two, three, four, or five, I can do this. She didn't do it. She says, oh, okay, my mistake though, I meant if I roll a one, two, three, four, or six. And it was just lots of that. And then and then she just went, and we won, we finished. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think my total involvement Success. in the game lasted about four seconds, which was the first bit. And then me asking after the second bit, can I just carry on? I was very impressed. I was very proud of her for not just making a very simple, basic, round the square you go, first to pass the you know first to the finish line wins she actually tried to make a story out of it and i gotta say super creative yeah like a nine-year-old i gotta say the character cards are really cool they're really cool and i have explained dungeons and dragons to her before and she's asked me because i showed her my character card and stuff when we were playing and what my character could do so i think she's definitely taken ideas from that i'm hoping one day she becomes some kind of games genius or something and invents a kick-ass board game like Settlers of Catan or something like that <laughs> or Formula D that we really enjoy playing. Oh, yes. Oh, but that yeah, was a good that game. Was, uh... um, sorry, did, did this game have a name? I've, I can't remember if you mentioned. Oh, I, it did have a name. It was called It was called The Magical Mystery. That's what it was called. Ah. Oh, the Magical yeah. Mystery coming soon to Board Beans in Northwich. Yeah. Look out for it. Coming soon, <laughs> coming soon to board, uh, board games near you. A good name as well, though, because you're thinking, oh, what is the magical oh, very mystery? Good. I'm intrigued. That, that like yeah. Maybe I'll play this to find out what it is. I don't know what it is, by the way. We never got to that point. If Maybe that's an expansion pack or something. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was George's game. I feel like the name of the game should have been called Don't Roll a Four. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been called... Are you ready to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it should have been called Don't Roll This Number Unless I Say It's Okay. In which case, roll that number. <laughs> unless I pick a different number. In which case, don't roll that number. <laughs> oh, dear me. Adam, do either of them, as we move swiftly on for no reason, but I just thought this because this happened to the media today. Mm. Will your kids refuse to go into sort of dusty corners of your house in case there's a creature in there like a spider or a fly? No, not that I'm aware of. There aren't any dusty corners in my house because I'm fastidious and I, I clean them eventually. So eventually. <laughs> there aren't any, like. Well, it's it's a new build. It's only five years old, so it's not like there's a a particularly bad part of the house. They're lazy and work shy, so they won't like help me tidy up the garage or anything like that. But that's that's work phobia. It's not arachnophobia. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. But my little one is a bit scared of any type of flying insects, but that's because we think she might be allergic to bees. Oh God, we're not sure. We don't want to experiment, so no. we've instilled in her a healthy fear of any type of flying insect in case it is a bee. 
Uh, she knows the difference, but she does like go, oh shit, oh it's fly. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, only because where our... You get some really chunky flies nowadays. Yeah, that's true. Only because where our couch now is, my gaming couch, I guess you would call it, but down there we've got an extension cable. And the other day she just refused, Georgia just refused to put the plug into the extension cable. And I said, why? And she said, what if there's a spider down there? I said, there isn't though. She said, yeah, but there might be. <laughs> Cue another two minutes of that. And then she was trying to make deals. And if you put the plug in, can we make a deal? Like, no, we're not making a deal. There's no deals. You put the plug in. <laughs> we shouldn't do it. But I remember, I remember kind of being like that when I was a kid. That there was even certain corners of my mum's house that would kind of, I would be a bit like, oh, I don't kind of want to go behind there just in case. Like there might be something waiting to get me or something. I don't know. Make a deal. What's, well, how much will you give me on my part exchange for putting this plug in? <laughs> it sounds like my my day every day. I always make the worst deals with her because I always say, well, it's, it's going to be a favour to be named at a later date, which is just the worst <laughs> deal to ever. Never, People, if you're listening to me, you can hear my voice and someone says to you, I'll call on a favour at a later date. Don't ever accept that deal. Give them cash if you can. Don't ever accept that deal because it's bad. Because at the worst time, they will call in that favour. Actually, I have a story um, about Freya that we can go into. Okay. Um, we recently, well, actually not recently, when we bought her um, pram and uh, um, car seat, and it was a whole like set that came with a bunch of stuff, like a high chair for later, a play play and sleep pen thing. Uh, one of the things we got was a um, a bouncer chair, like uh, that has like a little bit on it that vibrates, that kind of helps them. Which I guess oh, is to help yeah. him relax and help him to sleep and what have you. Freya, we managed to put that together um, last week and put Freya in it. She really likes it. I think she we put it in the kit, like in the kitchen, where while we're cooking, just so she can see us. Because usually we just leave her in the lounge, like on her um, illegal sleepy head or in her Moses basket, just so you know we can get things done. But on this uh, bouncer chair, she can actually see us, and it makes her a bit more calm because when we leave her in the lounge she I think she knows we're not there and she starts panicking. Um but I think Blossom has discovered in the last couple of days that this um the, I think this the must be the vibrations in the uh, the bouncer chair when you turn it on. It seems to vibrate the shit out of Freya's bum because <laughs> she has done the two biggest poos that she's ever done <laughs> while she's been in that chair. And I'm talking, uh, fortunately, I've been at work for both of them, so I haven't had to experience. But from all accounts, Blossom has told me that the um, the shit was extravagant. Is that a good word, darling? That it was all up the front, all up the sides. Oh, Poonami. Escaping all of the nappy, ruining lovely baby grows that we bought for her. So yeah, I mean, it's obviously a double-edged sword. Good for relaxing the baby. Also good for getting shit out if she's constipated, so it's good to know. Next time, next time she's got real wind, we'll just chuck her in there. You are extreme relaxing her. <laughs> you need to remarket the. You need to go back to the company that makes them and say you've got a billion dollar idea, and that you re, you need to remarket these for parents yeah. whose kids don't shit. Because when you when your kid gets constipated, it's quite scary because you do worry about yeah. it. Luckily, I mean, touch wood, yeah. George, the longest Georgia ever went without going for a poo and she was a baby was three days, but we were panicking because you just hear horror oh, really? stories. Wow. You just hear horror stories about it. And that was like, that was extreme. Like, you know, she's never, God, Crazy. she's never gone. She's never been that bad ever since, but that was the one time. So you need to go back to this company and say, look, 
I get what these <laughs> I get what these things are for, but hear me out on this. I've got a great idea. I can't believe she went three days without pooing. Like with Freya, I mean, when she was first born, like I guess when it when your when the her stomach was going through all the the shit that was left in there for when she was in Blossom's belly and into into um getting to the milk and all well, the formula and digesting that. She'd go a long while without pooing, but ever since like she, her poo's been normal, she does like two a day on average. I can't, I can't imagine her going like three days without having one. I'd be terrified. Yeah, we were. Mm. Yeah, we were because Georgia was the same. It was at least twice a day, every day. And then the because the Christ. because the first she was at she was at nursery, so she was probably about a year old. And I even said to the nursery. It was so it was on day three, so it was kind of it was only two full days. But like I said, she's been she'd been going for, like I say, two or three times a day every day for forever. So we got to day three, and I took her to nursery and said, "If she goes to the toilet, can you please ring me?" And literally, as I got back to my desk, because she she went to nursery across the road from where I worked, I got sat down at my desk, and they rang me straight. And she, yeah, she just had like the biggest shit ever. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was relieved then, but. Yeah, it is. It is, Benny. Mate, everything's scary with your baby. Everything. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, I think. I think there's also that she does. She does most of her poops like while you're feeding her. So the fact that she's like very clearly doing them on her own without any encouragement. Well, well, the encouragement of a not the encouragement of mother or father. The encouragement of a vibrating bouncy chair. Um, it's just. I think. I guess it's scary because it's kind of new. I've also got one other uh, bit of Freya information to relay, which I forgot to mention earlier. Daniel, you came round to our house um, a couple of weekends ago, correct? Indeed, yep. Do you recall when you were around? I mean, it's going to sound so boring to the people listening. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, do you recall that not long before you came around, I purchased and installed um, dark grey lampshades in the lounge? Uh, yes, I indeed, I do remember that, yes. These have become Freya's favourite thing in the entire world. She will lay in her illegal sleepy head and just stare at them and laugh and giggle at them again I, I think i think it's because i i think i mentioned it before like when i said oh she's looking at me when i feed there i'm guessing it's because it's like dark and light playing off each other and like that's kind of like stimulating her but she will spend like what like 20 minutes just looking at it smiling occasionally laughing it's the most uncanny thing my little six-year-old girl is the weirdest baby Six month old, six, six week, week old, old Benny. Jesus. six week old, <laughs> wishing my life away. My six week <laughs> old girl is the weirdest little thing in the world. She's weirder like her mum. They all do that though. There'll, there'll always be that thing. Adam will tell you the same. I bet your all your kids, Adam, did the same. Like, what the hell are you doing? What is this? Why did you find this fascinating? It almost makes me want to get the lampshade down yep. so she can look at it. <laughs> look, here it is. It's dull. It's just houseware. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> it was £3 from Donnell. Maybe she's going to be an interior designer when she's older. That's what it is. She's already looking at it yeah, thinking, has... can't we get, get rid of that fucking thing? It's awful in here. What an eyesore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. It's not, it's not a laugh of pleasure. It's a laugh of derision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Haha, <laughs> you fool. What do you think this is? Fucking idiots. This isn't changing rooms. I got a men- she has got a few baby grows with her of her frilly sleeves on. She might be a, a a little bit of a Lawrence going on, maybe possibly. Yeah, she needs you need you need to get her a cravat <laughs> oh, <God>. as well. <laughs> a little baby cravat. Yeah. Oh, a cravat. Yeah, do, do they do baby grows in just plain velvet? <laughs> <laughs> like Costanza, I would drape myself in velvet yeah. if it's socially acceptable. <laughs> Fucking the velvet fog. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've got to say, as well, I, God, I nearly forgot to say this, Adam. After after we listened back to last week's show and your fantastic, fantastic rant, which was great. Oh, it was incredible. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. The two things were, it was quite funny that when you said that, because I, I said I disagreed with you on something, you immediately went incredibly defensive. And I didn't mean it to, conc- yep. I didn't mean it to come across that way. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. No. I was. Um, I always get very defensive. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. But it was really. I was. I was super interested because I. I'll mention. I will mention this probably every month on here. But I love the human condition. I'm fascinated by, just just everyday people. Like, why do you do those things? And these other people do these things. Why do you do? Why does your life go this way? And somebody who's just like you, why does their life go the other way? I love stuff like that, and especially yeah. when it's my friends. And you were saying about. You know, like the real world in TV, like police dramas and all that shit is boring to you. And I never, I forgot yeah. to say at the time, but that's the reason why I can't watch sci-fi. And the reason you love it yeah. is the reason I don't like it. And that's, I just found yeah. that fascinating because whenever I'm, I'll, and I'll try, I try so hard to watch sci-fi shows, but the second one of them says, oh, Captain, the... uh the flinkle marks from the planet Slabukin have come because of the Jupiter belt. I go, oh my god, shut up, <laughs> shut up! Yeah. Like, why are you just making these things up? This is so stupid. And I just found it. There's nothing you can relate to. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I just was fascinated by that, and the, the fact that, and because me and you are, we are very similar. Like, we have the same sense of humor, the same yeah. ideologies, and everything. And I'm always fascinated by it. why is that one thing we are so different on. And I never thought to sort of bring up, maybe because I was scared last week because I thought you might try and punch me or something, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if if you want, if you're wondering why I'm the divorced single dad of three, <laughs> last week is probably a good indication. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I do get defensive with things like that, but not like, like antagonistically. It's like no. My belief is right and valid, and you're going to fucking listen to me while I say it. But not in a way to say yours is wrong at all. Uh, it's just that, that it's not mine. And so I I will go and try to go, no, this is why I'm this way, or I believe in this thing, or I, I prefer this thing. It's more of a defensive explanation. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, I I feel like, like you're like... Um, compelled to explain it, or to rationalise it, yeah. and uh, we just weren't like, yeah. getting it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah, I, it's I not. Think it's it not. Easily... You're not being aggressively defensive. It's more. Uh, please understand my reasoning. Like this is yeah, why, exactly. and I, but I have yeah. to tell you. Like I have to justify it. Like, <laughs> you don't, oh, why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even things like uh, yeah. It, oh, sorry. Go on, make one. I was going to say it. It can be easily boiled down that difference between are you generally depressed with your life or not, and I don't think you two are. So you're not wanting to escape through fiction and everything like True. that. So that maybe isn't as appealing for you. Whereas I am quite depressed with this world and with other things. So to me, it's like, right, I just want something to take me out of that completely uh, and escape that way. Maybe it's to do with that. But I have liked sci-fi for since I can remember. Yeah, but ever so since I've known you, yeah. A very unhappy child. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's just continued. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it's... it's in, Like I said, I think it's... Like me and Benny really like sports. Yeah, I know you couldn't give a shit. And even something yeah. like that, I find it yeah. fascinating. That, And even within our friend group, I know that Rick really likes sci-fi. 
so you and him could talk about yeah. stuff like that, whereas I would never even think to. I'm not really into fantasy stuff. Game of Thrones was the first ever fantasy show that I really, really got into, much to my yeah. um, disdain now, but... <laughs> exactly because they ruined what a regret. waste what a waste yeah that was the first one I picked and they fucking did me dirty at the end man they did me so dirty <laughs> but even stuff like sports and you know something that's so universally adored by so many yeah. people but then, even, but then even on the other side of that there are people who would look at me and say why don't you care more about your sports teams and I'm like I don't know because I'm not that bothered I like my sports teams but I don't live and die with it. I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. Yet there are people who will happily spend tens of thousands of pounds a year going to every single away game for their football team across, you know, like, and their wives and girlfriends just accept, oh, well, I support Arsenal and we've got Borussia Dortmund away. So I'm off to Germany, love, see you on Tuesday. And she'll go, oh, okay then. Yeah, exactly. And they're, ju- they're just fine with that. Like, I could never, I could, I can't get that. And I just love how the, like I said, it's the human condition. You know, you can have two people the exact same and they can just go in totally different directions. And I've always been intrigued by it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is a weird thing how... Well, I suppose it isn't weird because that that is just life. That is just the human race. Yeah, yeah. Is everyone has their own idiosyncrasies, mm-hmm. their own passions and interests. And I, I suppose it's more of a an outstanding thing in the sense of it stands out when it comes to something that is kind of seen as universal in a lot of cultures like sports like you said or like religion in certain cultures like i couldn't imagine being an atheist and being out and loud about it in some countries because that is kind of so taboo and so looked down upon and you do get a similar feeling like when I say, oh, I'm just not that interested in sports at all. I would happily watch, a th- I say happily, I would happily watch some sports, but I wouldn't be the type of person who would go, right, I absolutely have to see this game. But I, I couldn't imagine myself telling that to certain people because they would just look down on me. Oh, yeah, they would. <laughs> so hard. Like, what the fuck do you mean you don't watch football? <laughs> And cast illusions on my sexuality and things like that. <laughs> yeah. That is just that is just how it's linked. But yeah, it's 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 just one of those things where people will grow up in certain ways and with certain influences. Like I never really had anyone in my life who like supported any type of sport, parent or guardian or anything like that. So to me, it was just it wasn't part of my life. Whereas watching science fiction and stuff like that was, because that's yeah, what was passed yeah. down to me. So maybe maybe it is just a matter of it's what your parents send down to you. I guess was that quite important in your um, household, Daniel? Considering that like, you spent you lived with your mum essentially, like your dad wasn't around for most of your childhood. Was was she like a big sport person, or was that something you was that like, maybe like a form of escapism for you? Um. I don't know, really. I never... No, my mum was not into sports at all. She got into football after the 1990 World Cup. She really, she never liked football, but she'd never watched it. And after that, she kind of got into it and started to enjoy it and would happily sit down and watch a game. She wasn't a big fan yeah. of any team or anything. And it, the only... Again, this is and this is a great link to all of us again, but and this shows how nerdy we all are, but the link of sport my mum and I had was professional wrestling. That was the one That's thing good. that I knew. Okay, there's a new Ring of Honor DVD out. We're going to sit down and watch it together for a couple of hours or <laughs> we're going to watch this match or that match. or That was the only 
like a sport or sport adjacent thing that we can have sat down and watched together. My dad's a big Man United fan, but yeah, even growing up, I don't remember. I don't remember us ever. I couldn't remember a couple of games where we sat down and like he was like, I have to watch this game. I have to watch this game. I've got vivid memories of him going crazy when United won the Cup Winners' Cup in 91 mm-hmm. or 92 and they beat Barcelona. I've got Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> Europe, Europe's, Europe's Rumbelow's Cup. I've got vivid <laughs> memories of my dad going crazy when Mark Hughes scored the second goal. That's one of those that's implanted in my brain until the day I die. I can see it now in my head. But I can't remember any other... And like England games, we'd watch England games together. Yeah, but then over the over the course of the years, my love of sport has just gone away, and I, I enjoy watching games. But since we had Georgia, I just find so many things not important compared to my kid. And I yeah. I can honestly every Sunday, every single Sunday, with me and Sarah before George was born, me and Sarah would watch both games on Super Sunday on Sky. We'd sit down and watch both footy games, whoever was playing. We didn't care. We'd watch games in the week. We'd watch fucking European games. Like, we, we really enjoyed doing it. And then the second George was born, we just kind of went, oh, I really don't care. I'm not bothered. <laughs> and we just stopped doing yeah. it. And even with my sports teams, I love my sports teams. I support my teams. You know, even being a fan of a team is a weird thing. I, I don't have said this on here before, but Seinfeld has a great joke, which is you're just cheering for those colours to beat the other colours. Because the jerseys change, the players change, the coaches change, everything changes. All that doesn't change is the colours. So you're just happy yeah. for those colours to do that other thing better than those colours there, which is insanity. Why <laughs> do we care? And I and yeah, even that's just disappeared over the last four or five years. I and I think since George has been born, I can count on one hand the amount of full football games me and Sarah have watched together because we're just not bothered. Yeah, and it's just kind of gone away. And now when I see, I appreciate people who really love their teams. And I like it's like religion or, you know, if you're super into a certain band or genre of music or something, I appreciate yeah. those people. I think it's good to have passions in your life. I do have passions, but not that. But when I see people like football fans and stuff, and, and it just turns into a fucking racist slugfest or, <laughs> you know, running mm. on the pitch and trying to punch players. I'm just like, I mean, what the fuck? You know, you absolute loser. What is wrong with you? You know, I mean, you've probably got kids at home when you're out here trying to fight football players because they're playing a game, which is all, it, that's all it is. Football's just, you know, it's just a fucking... Because <laughs> they're wearing the wrong colour. Yeah, they're wearing the wrong colours and you're playing a playground game. You know, like, I'm a I'm a Celtic fan and stuff that happens between Celtic and Rangers fans is fucking deplorable. It's absolutely, some of it's yeah. just sick. I was thinking, what the fuck is wrong with you all? Like, what's wrong with you all? Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Same with my new Liverpool or Tottenham and Arsenal at Ipswich and Norwich, Benny. It's the same, you know? Yeah, it's peculiar. And I think you'll find the same thing, Benny. You'll you'll find that the passions you do have, now you've had a kid, certain ones will come to the fore and you're like, oh, okay. When I've got a spare couple of hours, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is Now, this is the thing I actually do want to do and this is the thing I enjoy doing. Because if you've got a spare two hours, you don't want to sit down and watch a footy game because that's all that time gone. <laughs> You're like, oh, and your team <laughs> yeah. might lose as well. <laughs> it's like, shit, I could watch. watched... If I've got a spare two hours, I want to spend it sleeping. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, <laughs> things like that will just disappear, so... So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens come NFL season. Because like you, like you said about people who, like, vociferously follow their teams, that's me and the Bucks. Yeah, man, and they've, sure. they've been shit for the shit for the best part of 17 years apart from last year. So I don't know how we're going to be able to fit <laughs> now in. Now they're good, you can't watch her. them. 
exactly. That's exactly. You're exactly right. Now they're good, and I won't be able to watch any of it. God, you know it's going to be like Frey's going to be six years old or something. You're going to make the Super Bowl again, and Blossom's going to come down the stairs. Okay, we've got to go to the uh, thing like Blossom's fallen over and banged the head, and you're like, oh, you're kidding. <laughs> you are kidding me now, right now. Shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got to go to a uh, a recital at eleven o'clock at night on a Sunday. Yeah. She's got yeah, she's got midnight mass. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> we have to go. I can't go. No, the books are playing. No, we're playing the Saints. This is no. bullshit. Yeah, we've got to dunk on them again. Oh, this is shit. <laughs> You're basically going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger and jingle all the way. <laughs> you just oh, neglect your child. Yeah. Just go, oh shit, I forgot to get them that Christmas present they really wanted because I was too busy following the fucking NFL game. <laughs> now I've got to go on a wacky adventure with Sinbad. <laughs> yeah, Benny, mate, your Red Zone Sundays are fucked, mate. That's the best week. It's the best day of the week, isn't oh, it? Red Christ. Zone Sundays. And now you're just like, oh, <laughs> no, I can't watch all of it. Yeah, it's crazy. The other thing is with like things that have fallen by the wayside. Is like again. I think it's because me um, living vicariously for Adam, like I said to him on Twitter the other day, in his quest for fifty followers on uh, on Twitch, <laughs> which we you should go and follow him at twitch.tv forward slash Deekler. That's D W E K L E R. Get on it, um, people. He's very funny. Which is he is very very good. He's playing Subnautica at the minute, which is very interesting. He's made a um a boat called Sea Baby. Wait, did I get it right? Yeah. Is it Sea Baby? Yeah, did it, it is right. Sea Baby. It actually, yeah. on that note, I did finish Subnautica today <gasps> in today's That's... stream about 15 minutes before coming on for this podcast. And oh, wow. right at the very end, the fucking game crashed. So I don't know <laughs> how much progress I've actually lost. God. But uh, but anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, the, the thing, one of the things I've lost out on like, over the last six weeks is gaming time. I used to spend like a lot of spare time. Like on the PlayStation or on the computer, and I'd, my PlayStation's been on like twice in the last six weeks. I played yeah. MLB the Show for half an hour, and I put it on when um, when Daniel was round to potentially play a Jackbox with with everyone for a bit of fun, and that never happened. If Blossom goes to bed early and I look after Freya, I'm, I play like Disco Elysium for an hour and try to figure out what the fuck's happening there. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's that's gone. I, I just I need to accept it. So all this hype that Dan's got over Battlefield, the new Battlefield is coming out, you need to temper those expectations because the best part of your team, i.e. me, isn't going to be around anymore. Shut up the best part of the team. Oh my <laughs> god. You push these narratives all the time. Very good. <laughs> Especially if it's like um, Battlefield Hardline, the best Battlefield. Battlefield. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. Fucking driving sim. <laughs> Advice this week, Adam. Okay, I have, like, a whole range of really fucking balmy questions. And I'm going to go for this one, because it's one I think we could potentially offer advice on. Nice. But it's also a bit funny. My 12-year-old daughter has started believing in flat earth theory. As a father, how can I convince her there's no such thing like that? Is that from a Mr. J. Bezos? Of, uh... <laughs> I'll tell you, Jeff. You just go up in that rocket, dead easy. Well, <laughs> if yeah. she's anything, like, if she's anything like an uh, actual flat earther, there is no convincing. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you can't. They're steadfast in their beliefs, like Christians. Aside from aside from taking it up into a literal rocket, which I don't even think that would help. <laughs> there's literally nothing you can do to to prove that's the 
the, the fucking problem with everybody nowadays is that everyone has an opinion and some people shouldn't have fucking opinions because you're not smart enough to have an opinion. Mm. That's kind of the issue in that people who are just thick and dumb, not in the literal sense that like the medical sense, like actual people who don't think or choose to just ignore advice, they don't care what your scientific facts prove. They don't care that we've got multiple, multiple, multiple images of the earth being a, a weird kind of not it's not a perfect sphere it's like an, it's like a kind of funny egg shape but they don't care yeah it, it doesn't matter to them they do not care you can't convince her you just gotta let her run with well, it until them. until her but friends shame her out of it <laughs> if she's only 12 and has only just started believing in it surely you can I mean, for one thing, you can just restrict her internet access and just go, you know what, I say, until yeah. you stop believing the Earth is round, no fucking Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi doesn't work on a flat Earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking satellites that tell, that cut our Wi-Fi around, what are they orbiting? Exactly. So <laughs> you can just say, no, no fucking internet for you. Deleting your TikTok account and del- deleting your YouTube account. I mean, yeah, it's Wait, the classic there, like, TikTok. There is the classic thing of, "I'm an adult, you're a child, so sorry." This yeah. is how it is, and sometimes you do have to kind of pull that move, which I try not to do with George, but I have done a couple of times. I'm sorry, I'm the grown up. I yeah. say what's happening. This is what's happening. But in something like that, you certainly can't prove it, because again, the, there's no proof for these people. I get it; she's only twelve, but kids kind of grow up a lot quicker now, don't they? And if she's already got a, like twelve's kind of a, I mean Adam, Adam, you'd know it's like it'd be kind of like if your daughter said it. What would you do? What would you say? I I, w- I would laugh in her face. <laughs> I would literally laugh in her face, call her really stupid, and just go, "That is not that is not real. What are you on about?" Oh, fantastic! <laughs> because that's that is the type of relationship me and my daughter have. We we yeah. can just like call each other names that's not just child abuse <laughs> but I, I would i'd be open and honest and go you are being utterly ridiculous <laughs> there is no such thing as flat earth theory it's all fake it's done for people to draw attention to themselves because they've got nothing else going on in their lives and then cite a whole range of other similar things like fucking ghosts and ufos and alien abductions of bigfoot it's all bullshit <laughs> Let's not start another argument, shall we? Let's not say things we can't take back, please, okay? <laughs> of course Bigfoot's real. He's in a film, Adam. That was a documentary. I hope next week's advice question is, what if my daughter becomes obsessed with cryptids? And then we'll be right in there. Oh yeah, that'll be... She's got posters of El Chubacabra all over her room. What do I do? <laughs> I'll point her in Dr. Luther's direction. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's always the kind of thing of, if she's trying to prove that if she doesn't believe that the Earth is round, you could always say to her, okay, then, I'll put it back on you. Prove to me that the Earth is flat. Yeah. How do you do that? Because we spend all our time... Well, I don't, because I, I don't talk to those people because they're fucking nuts. But we spend our time trying to prove to people it's round. Well, why don't you prove to me it's flat? Why don't you get on a boat and sail to the edge of the planet, then? Why don't you do that? Yeah. And then, fine. You know what? If it was that... If it was that serious and he's that concerned, I am this kind. I am that kind of. I am that kind of petty. I would just pay for that myself. I'd be like, right, I'll pay for us to go then. I'll pay for us. I'll pay for us to go on an Arctic <laughs> expedition to the end of the Earth, and we'll see what happens, shall we? But if I'm right, I get to call in a favour to be named at a later date. Okay, that's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
I don't know. I think I would just change my beliefs rather than owe you a favour. <laughs> An unspecified favour. You are right. Like I said, it's the worst It's the worst deal to make. I mean, maybe she is just being controversial. Maybe she doesn't genuine, genuinely believe it. She's just like, you know what? If I say I believe in this, it draws attention to me. And maybe it is a thing of her trying to find a feet while she's, you know, she is effectively a teenager. She's going through puberty. She's probably in secondary school or whatever the equivalent is, if this person's American. And he's trying to find herself and where she fits into that society. Maybe it's that. But, again, as a dad, I would say, that's a fucking ridiculous way to do that. Why don't we just dye your hair blue? And just <laughs> do it that way. I think you got a fantastic point. That is such a good point. Is that is that the kind of new generation's rebellion? Rather than yeah. I've dyed my hair blue or I've got a tattoo or I've got my fucking nipple pierced or something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna... dating a black guy, mom. You can't do anything <laughs> about it. Not in my house! Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it was in like the 70s, wasn't it? Well, fine. I'm going to go yeah. date a black man then. You better fucking not. <laughs> and then it's in. In this it... house, we obey the laws of physics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and, then, and that turned into then. Well, I'm gonna get tattoos and be a goth and fucking dye my hair black and wet. No, you're not. Not in this house. Yeah, and that was just turned into. Well, the earth's flat. Okay, all right, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the right. Anti-goth parents are the worst people in the world. We need more goths. Blossom was a goth, and look how she turned out. She's perfect. Yeah, but she. Yeah, she's not a goth anymore. Yeah, that, that's that's the whole thing. She was a goth, but she grew out of that. Yeah, I went and through a goth. she became a normal, productive member of society. <laughs> Not a tax dodger. Sponging off the state. No. Disgraceful. <laughs> Sp- spending all the benefits on black eyeliner and nail varnish. And white lightning. Oh, she, she is currently on the maternity <laughs> and everything. And crushed velour jackets. <laughs> Back to the velvet fog, but the metal version. <laughs> the metal version of the velvet fog. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen just hanging around on like a town square somewhere, sitting on the benches, really to with, with other Lawrence Llewellyn Bowens. Talking about all the conformists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Lawrence Werner Bowen is just a bit of like eyeshadow away from being Robert Smith from The Cure. So exactly, yeah, work, totally. <laughs> that's true. That's true. He's a yeah, a bit of eyeliner and a bad hair day away from being Robert Smith. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. I think we solved that problem, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think we got talk to here. your daughter and make sure she's just not doing it for attention because that's probably what it is. Because that's what all the other flat earthers are doing it for. Yeah. Another child there saved by the three men and their babies podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> is is then is is that a shunning, a stoning, or a heaven? Oh yeah, for that for that child. Oh, I nearly forgot. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's you've, it's got to be a, a, like partial shun. It's not worth a stoning because it gets rebellious for me. Yeah, no, it's a rebellion. You can't, Benny. Got, you got, can't. That'll learn. Stoning will learn them. <laughs> A verbal stoning. All right, yeah, we'll go yeah, verbal I'm, stoning. I'm going to throw this stone from a really far distance to prove that the earth, earth is round. <laughs> <laughs> and then that will also set you straight. Exactly. There exactly. you go. All right, then, yeah. This stone will be affected by the Coriolis effect. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's so... Yeah, all right, fantastic. Oh, yeah, you've convinced me, Benny. You've convinced me definitely, though. Definitely. Yeah, stoning for sure. For fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we've saved a life. Another child stone. Another child stone. 
<laughs> oh god fucking hell alright let's leave it there shall we I think we've done enough for this week <laughs> thank everybody anything else from you boys no no thank you very much for listening if you do have any uh, advice questions you want to submit then do so using the contact details in the uh, the show notes or on our twitter Benny anything you and um, yeah all flat earthers get stoned good night everybody <laughs> see you Luke take care bye bye